Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It's time for Justice Matters with former federal prosecutor and MSNBC analyst Glenn Kirchner. Merry Christmas from the Justice Matters podcast. Here's part two of Glenn's interview with former FBI agent and fellow MSNBC contributor, Frank Figliuzzi. Ordinarily, we talk about going to the polls. Everybody's got to get to the polls. And I remember when I was a kid hearing the phrase, we got to vote the bums out, meaning the politicians who didn't seem to be doing the job we sent them to Washington to do. One of the challenges becomes voting the bums out in a time when some of the bums were unwilling to leave office in 2020 after being voted out. Some of the bums are in state legislatures trying to pass voter suppression laws or gerrymand and, you know, gerrymand everything out of free and fair elections. And so it feels like the vote is not the be all and end all. Now, as a career prosecutor, maybe when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. But I happen to believe the rule of law is what's most important right now, because it can still save us if it asserts itself or more accurately, it's asserted by the good men and women of law enforcement the way it was intended to be asserted and applied. And so with that, I want to kind of turn to the pending trials. And I really want to get your reaction, your your gut take on what Donald Trump is facing in the coming months. And let's start with the first trial that is set in Washington, D.C. on March 4th, four counts for trying to overturn the 2020 presidential election results. I, I know the news is breaking at, at you know breakneck speed with the Supreme Court perhaps intervening, and that may derail the trial date. What's your take on the March 4th trial? So first, I think that Special counsel Jack Smith is masterfully playing chess against Trump, who's trying to play hide and seek. He's not he's not even in the same game. And I think Smith is outmaneuvering Trump right now, particularly with going straight to the Supreme Court. Relatively rare situation. The Supreme Court has agreed to hear this case. And quite frankly, if they don't agree, if the Supreme Court didn't agree to hear a case as to whether a president has immunity or not, I'm not sure what they would agree to hear because it's squarely in their lap. I get it. It jumps over the appellate court, which ironically for Trump, he's now responded to that screaming and hollering, right? That Jack Smith is trying to forego procedures. (laughs) You know, so, and of course, Trump is kind of the guy who doesn't even understand procedures. He's finally going to get the answer that he's seeking, allegedly, which is, yeah, the Supreme Court's decision on whether he's a king or not. So I think the March 4th date is still quite possible, but it's very dependent upon how long it takes the Supreme Court to schedule this hearing. And people may have heard in the news that Judge Chutkin, as a result of the Supreme Court's decision, has 
press the pause button on procedural hearings, motion filings, et cetera, because I get it. The Supreme Court's now got control of this thing. So don't panic. This may not delay the March 4th date. But interestingly, what Chutkin has said correctly is, don't be fooled. This does not stop the so-called gag order because I still have authority over the proceedings that are going to happen here. And I need to safeguard this process. So Trump is not off the hook on adhering to the established parameters of what he can and can't say. So I still have really good thoughts about March 4th happening happening relatively on time. And I'm fairly optimistic that the Supreme Court's going to say, no, we don't have a king. I think the Supreme Court is, like many institutions, out to preserve itself. Mm-hmm. And I think if, if they think this through, Glenn, and they say, holy cow, if we say the president can do whatever the hell he wants, uh, he could literally fire us or just ignore our decisions. Yeah. And off we go. So, I think they're going to put some constraints on this former president. He could invite the Supreme Court justices he doesn't like out to Fifth Avenue, right? And you, we all know what he does to people on Fifth Avenue. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. The Supreme Court, I don't have confidence in all of the justices, but I do believe they will be concerned about their own self-preservation. And if a president is beyond the reach of the law, then is he's beyond the reach of the Supreme Court. And, you know, that could be the end of not only our democracy, but checks and balances, co-equal branches of government and everything else. Let me just ask you one follow-up question on the January 6th trial. What's your sense about the strength and the quality of the evidence supporting those four indicted charges? I think it's quite strong. I think Smith has it or he wouldn't have brought it. That's where I'm at on that. Do I think it's as strong as the the classified materials case at Mar-a-Lago? Yeah, maybe not all the charges are strong, but, you know, we've just recently heard in the news, Glenn, that, you know, we, we've known in the past that they've got Trump's phone records and texting, right? They, they've got that. Now we hear more recently, they've got an expert witness ready to go. And from my FBI days, I know about geolocation, triangulation, knowing when you did something and where you did it. And whether it makes any sense with where you were, meaning somebody else could have tweeted that threatening communication or not, plus all the witnesses around that, I think it's very, very damning. Now, for people saying, well, well, wait a minute, what about the literal violence on January 6th and whether Trump instigated that or not? We aren't truly seeing that charged yet in the form of, you know, inciting a riot, insurrection. But I think the evidence will be damning about, and much of it will come from phone records, in addition to uh, witnesses, that he was fully aware of what was planned for January 6th. And I think Smith's going to figure out a way how to get that into in front of a jury. Yeah, the advent of cell phones and cell site technology was such a boon to our business as both agents and prosecutors. And you know, I can't tell you how many times I use the good men and women of the cast unit at the FBI in my prosecutions in Washington, D.C. After the break, more with Glenn and Frank here on Justice Matters. Ah. 
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Okay, so let's move on to the next trial, which technically at this moment is still the March 25th criminal trial in New York, because that is the one that Alvin Bragg brought against Donald Trump. I think technically it still has a March 25th trial date, if I'm not mistaken. But I was in court when Judge Tanya Chutkin set the March 4 trial date in the federal case. And I heard her say, I've spoken with Judge Mershon about his trial on March 25th. And I told him I'd be setting a federal trial on March 4th. Now, she didn't share the details of the conversation, but the message was sent. The feds are going to bigfoot the state trial date. Not unusual, I think, in our experience. The feds ordinarily have far more resources. They have more time and sometimes more tools to build bigger, stronger cases than many of the local state prosecutors. So, it looks like the March 25th trial in New York will probably get pushed down the road. But then the next one I want to talk to you about, you mentioned it a few minutes ago, there's a May 20th trial date set down in Florida on the documents obstruction espionage case. What's your what's your take on that one? So, look, I'm going to try my best to not sound completely partisan and, and biased here, but yet I'm having great difficulty trying to see it like Judge Cannon sees it in her various rulings. There might have been a couple that I kind of understood, but generally, Glenn, I'm extremely concerned that Judge Cannon's goal seems not to be justice, but rather seems to be a race for a Supreme Court position in a Trump administration. I don't agree with her that the delays are necessary here. This is not rocket science. Yes, there are volumes of documents involved, but it's quite clear that she's repeatedly siding with the Trump team and seems to have an agenda. So I have no high hopes that this will happen in a timely fashion. And that's sad because it's it's really a, a fairly open and shut case. And when you add the obstruction side of that in, and we're hearing more about that every day that Jack Smith appears to have a cooperating witness that's kind of new to us now. It's it's neither Nada, well, Nada or the other the guy. Yep, thank you. And um, I think he's got the goods there as well. Trump's own conduct was damning. This thing at Bedminster, you know, so he, out of one side of his mouth, he goes, well, I declassified all of them. I can do whatever I want. 
On the other side, he's on tape at Bedminster saying, this is classified when I was president. I could have declassified it, but I can't do it now. It's all there, but I'm, I, well, I've got problems with Judge Ken. I'm equally concerned. And I think, you know, when you look at the federal law of recusal, when a judge is required to remove themselves from a case, it doesn't even have to await a motion from a party or a prosecutor. The law sets a very low bar. It says if a judge's impartiality might reasonably be questioned, an objective standard, not subjective, might reasonably be questioned, the judge is required by law to remove themselves which makes sense because there are hundreds of other judges whose impartiality can't reasonably be questioned. So I'm with you. I'm concerned that Judge Cannon remains on the case, though it feels like we are stuck with her. I do wish we had litigated that issue and let ultimately the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals rule, and then we would have to live with the ruling. But at, at least we would have, you know, sort of shown the light on all of the circumstances and the courts could have made a decision. So I wish we had gone through that exercise. I'd feel more comfortable at the end of the day. So here's the kicker for the May 20th trial that is a tentative trial date down in Florida. Uh, as you know, Judge Cannon has instructed the parties to come into court on March 1st, three days before the DC trial is scheduled to begin for a status hearing, a scheduling conference. And it seems to me that if the March 4 trial date is truly in the shoot to begin three days later, we'll probably see her vacate the May 20 trial date and push that case well down the road. Of course, if Donald Trump ends up getting convicted in D.C., I do think the other cases become far less urgent, still important, but far less urgent. OK, let's turn our attention to Georgia, because I love the contrast between what Jack Smith did he focused like a laser beam on the most important defendant, the biggest criminal fish, Donald Trump. There are other co-conspirators in there, but they're unindicted. It is Trump and Trump alone as a defendant, whereas down in Georgia, boy, Fawny Willis went big and she decided she was going to bring a case that is a comprehensive vehicle for holding accountable all the folks who violated Georgia state law, 19 co-defendants. It's been whittled down to 15 with four cooperating witnesses. How do you see the Georgia RICO case unfolding, recognizing we don't have a trial date, though there's a tentative request for an August 5 trial date for the first wave of RICO defendants? First of all, when this first came out, 19 defendants, it took it took a while for me, Glenn, to process that. That's that's a lot. And I and I was like, yeah, OK, how is she going to manage this? But one of the fortuitous things that's happened, as you mentioned, is people are pleading and they appear to various degrees to be cooperating. Even is it Sidney Powell who's done a video for the prosecution? This is fantastic. It also weakens Trump's position to know these people are lurking out there. We've seen the attempts by Meadows, of course, and, and others to remove this to federal court. I don't see any of that working well. To say that I'm committing crimes as part of my official position is <laughs> fascinating to me, or Meadows claiming that, you know, I was instructed by my boss to make some phone calls. Well, we all know he did far more than just make phone calls. I love the beauty of the state system here. I know that my friends abroad often tell me that our system to them looks like complete chaos, legal-wise. 
And I point out to them that, no, there's a beauty in it because it's about states and it's about a, a state's ability to say, hey, you violated our laws too. And there is tremendous beauty in that. It ultimately, theoretically, could be what ends up nailing Trump and his cohorts. It also sends a message, Glenn, to any next administration, God forbid, any Trump administration, or anyone that look, that's like Trump who gets into power and says, I'm going to try this. Yeah, well, try surrounding yourself with people who now look at all of these folks charged with RICO and say, no, thank you. I'm not going to be a part of that. And of course, any state conviction down in Georgia would be pardon proof. A presidential pardon right. would not have any effect. And interestingly, the state of Georgia is one of, I think, only two states where the governor doesn't even have the pardon power. So don't mess with Fonnie Willis and don't mess with the laws of Georgia. For more on Glenn, go to Glenn Kirshner 2 on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. This is Justice Matters. <laughs>